In a recent visit to Luke's Gospel, we saw that the Lord Jesus Christ, he cast out a demon from someone and the crowd was amazed and it wondered if he was the son of David. In other words, they were wondering if he is the promised Messiah, the Christ that is promised in the Old Testament, which of course he is. However, some of the leaders of the the people, the scribes and the Pharisees, they blasphemously accused Jesus of casting out the demon by Beelzebub, by the devil. In other words, they accused the Son of God of being in league with the devil. Also, they demanded from him a sign from heaven. Last week, we considered the response of Jesus to that audacious demand for a sign. It was a reply in which Jesus referred to that generation of Jews as evil. He called them an evil generation. In today's passage, we're going to consider the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 11 verses 33 through to 36. We'll look at those verses now. Luke 11 verse 33. No man, when he have lighted a candle, put it, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, The whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. I've read that and I'm going to continue to um, read from the King James Version of the Bible. And you can listen or you can follow in your own version of the Bible. But particularly this morning, I would encourage you to read your own version of the Bible. If you have, well, read your Bible anyway, whatever version. But uh, in particular, if you have a version that is not the King James Bible, it's just as well that you look at that as well as listen to me to help you to understand what I'm going to be talking about. Well, consider what Jesus said verse by verse. There's no points today, no sermon points. I'm just going to take this verse by verse and we'll first of all look at verse 33 again. Look at verse 33. No man, when he have lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. What Jesus said there is something that we should all be able to understand and relate to. Nothing particularly Nothing clever in in as much as there's nothing spiritual about what Jesus says in verse 33. He's talking about something that we all do in our lives that we can all relate to. Think about your own living room at home. 
Next to your favourite armchair, you might have a lampstand for the purpose of reading a good book or perhaps doing some something that requires plenty of light, like sewing, maybe doing a jigsaw puzzle, attempting to do a crossword, whatever. But you'd quite possibly have a lamp right next to your seat, wherever it is that you sit in that room. However, the best place to position a lamp is, I would have thought, on the ceiling in the middle of the room, where it can radiate light, emit light throughout the whole room. Someone's nodding their head in disagreement there, but if you want light in the whole room, there's no point having it in a corner, or as Jesus says, under a bushel or in a cellar. Stick it on the ceiling in the middle of the room. That's what most people do. Um, But you get what I'm saying anyway. You wouldn't put the lamp under a basket. You wouldn't hide it. Moving on to verse 34. Jesus said, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Right. Where it is written in the King James Version, the light of the body, that is not a helpful translation. The Greek word that has been translated light in the King James Version is the very same word that has been translated as candle in the previous verse. Or, or lamp in the previous verse. So, 10 out of 10 to all the other Bible translations that have the candle or the lamp of the body is the eye in verse 34 and not the light of the body is the eye. This is quite important. We're going to see why. The reason I'm saying this is because as can be seen midway through verse 34, That word light appears again, where Jesus speaks of the whole body being full of light. Let's just read it again, verse 34. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. There we have that word light again. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. That word light, where you see it in the middle of the verse... It comes from another Greek word and it really does mean light. It really does mean that stuff that is emitted or radiates from a candle or a lamp. It really is light. So what we have in verse 34 is the candle or the lamp of the body is the eye. And then Jesus speaks about that candle or lamp, which is the eye, emitting light. Therefore, the lamp in a room and the light that it emits in verse 33 are now being applied to people, to us, in verse 34. This is where the spiritual application comes, in verse 34. But to make it easy for us, we've already seen in verse 33, you've got a lamp, wherever it is, Uh, I, I possibly wrongly maintain that the best place for it is in the on the ceiling in the middle of the room I don't know but that lamp that light bulb it emits light and that light radiates throughout the room and now in verse 34 Jesus is saying the lamp 
of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. The light is being um, radiated everywhere, throughout the whole body, when the eye is single. Okay. So, the, the lamp, the lamp of the body is the eye. Or the candle of the body is the eye. But, here we go again. What does the eye refer to? Because, according to verse 34, the eye can be single. This is where the eye, whatever this eye is, it's described as either being single, but also it can be evil in the King James Version. Now, this is where many translations are not so helpful, and they do not get a 10 out of 10. They are not so helpful in that they have something like good or bad when they're describing the eye. They, maybe if you've got a version that is not the King James Bible, you've got good and bad or healthy and diseased, which all point to conditions of your eyeballs, those things on the top of your head. Uh, in which case you'd need to see uh, a, 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 an optician possibly. But what is being described in the King James Version, in verse 34, single and evil, these descriptions of the eye, are accurate translations. When Jesus talks about the eye being evil, in verse 34, the word evil that he uses to describe the eye comes from exactly the same Greek word that was used by him to describe that generation of Jews. Evil. They were an evil generation of people. An evil generation, and that same Greek word is now being used in verse 34. When Jesus says that the eye can be either, um, the eye can be single and it can be evil. It's not um, healthy eyesight and bad eyesight, if you see what I mean. Jesus was not talking about various conditions of eyeballs, but rather he was talking about conditions of the heart. Not the the heart that pumps blood around your body, but rather the one that is the centre and the seat of our thoughts, our passions, our desires, our appetites, our affections and everything else. The heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked according to Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. In other words, Jesus wasn't giving a lesson on anatomy. Note that Jesus refers to the eye singular. He doesn't say eyes, he says eye. The eye can be single and the eye can be evil. One may well ask, why did Jesus not just say the heart instead of the eye? Well, thinking of natural things like eyes helps us, that helps us to understand spiritual things. You can easily understand that if you've got poor eyesight, then it will affect your ability to take hold of things because you can't see what you're doing very well. It will affect your ability to walk because, again, you can't see what you're doing. You can't see where you're going. 
But, as I say, Jesus was talking about spiritual matters. Also, there's no reason to assume that the eyesight of those scribes and Pharisees who represented an evil generation and who were evil men, who accused Jesus of being in league with the devil, we needn't assume that their eyesight was any different to the eyesight of the others who were amazed and who wondered if Jesus is indeed the son of David, the Christ. Their eyesight would have been just as good or bad as anyone else's. Yet they could not, those men could not and would not see that there was one greater than the prophet Jonah, one greater than King Solomon before their very eyes. And that takes us to the heart of the matter. They were spiritually blind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that was in them because of the blindness of their hearts. You probably know from your own experience, here I go, I'm saying this because I'm preaching to myself here, I'm sorry if I'm tarring you with the same brush uh, when it's not applicable. You probably know from your own experiences that when someone gives you the evil eye, or when you give someone the evil eye, or when you look at the things on television or on the internet that are not wholesome and not very helpful to you, it's all to do with you having a heart that puts the body or the flesh into darkness. It, you can trace it back to having a heart that is evil, a heart that is darkened. And that's why we do these things. And that is why we look at things, not how we ought to look at things, or we look at things that we shouldn't look at, or we, we use our feet for the wrong purposes, or our hands for the wrong purposes, or our mouths for the wrong purposes. It all comes down to the heart. And consequently, those scribes and Pharisees did not see Jesus for who he is, the Christ, the Son of the living God. With their mouths, they blasphemed his holy name when they dared to accuse him of casting out demons through the devil. Also with their mouths, evil men, evil men would soon spit on him and call out, crucify him, crucify him. With their hands, evil men would soon punch him and scourge him and crucify him. Here we have a seemingly contradictory statement coming next in verse 35. Look at verse 35 now. Take heed therefore that the light which is in thee be not darkness. Now, you think about your living room again. That's a hard one, isn't it? The light in the living room. Be Take heed that the light in your living room's not darkness. Uh, that's that's seemingly a contradictory statement. It's a paradox. And to answer that one, we could consider the scribes and the Pharisees. Let's go back to those men, those evil men, whose eyes, whose eye, singular, was evil. When they fasted, they had sad and pained expressions on their faces. <laughs> 
just to let everybody know that they were fasting. Look at me, I'm fasting. Why aren't you fasting? As they contort their faces and look ridiculous. When they prayed, they made a big show of it for everyone to see. So too did they make a big show of giving alms or charitable donations to needy people, to beggars. They appeared to tick all the religious boxes. They certainly had zeal for God, but it was not a zeal that was according to knowledge of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom they rejected. Beneath the surface, in their heart, there was darkness and there was blindness. In other words, they were self-righteous hypocrites. As the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto white, whited sepulchres, whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. <coughs> Therefore, what may have appeared to be light in those men was in fact darkness. And there we have it. There we have it. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness, as was the case with the scribes and the Pharisees. In verse 36 of our passage, Jesus talks about having the whole body full of light. As he said, look at verse 36, If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. That reminds me of what the psalmist said in Psalm 1, I mentioned it earlier, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, there is only one way to attain that condition, that condition, and to be truly blessed. To be truly blessed, like the man, the psalmist in Psalm 1. And that is to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour from sin. There's no other way. No other way. This is something that the scribes and Pharisees hadn't understood. Because of the blindness, the darkness of their hearts, the ignorance that was within them, they saw Jesus the King of Glory, the Alpha and the Omega as being in league with the devil. And so, of necessity, the person who is full of light, that's what we have there in verse 36, if thy whole body therefore be full of light, not just a little bit of light, but full of light, radiating all the way through your body, That is the person who is blessed. And how is he blessed? He is the person who is trusting in Jesus as his saviour from sin. 
As Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Who is the person who follows Jesus as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? He is someone who is trusting in Jesus. Who's trusting in him for the forgiveness of his sins. Who is trusting in Jesus. Who who believes that he is justified by faith in Jesus. This is the person who is a new creature in Christ. Who follows Jesus. Who is in Christ. Having been baptised in Christ. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he was declaring his divinity. I trust you realise that. He was saying that he is God. After all, no one else can legitimately make such a claim. No one else can say, I am the light of the world. Jesus said that, thereby declaring his divinity. The person who is full of light and not darkness. The person who whose feet do what they're supposed to do and hands do what they're supposed to do. The person who sees Jesus for who he is is the person who is trusting in him, the Son of God. And that by trusting in him, believing in him, he has crossed over from darkness to light, from death to life. Looking at it negatively, what Jesus said, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Looking at that negatively, if you are not following Jesus, you are walking (coughs) in darkness. Even if you are a candidate for outstanding citizen of the ward, of the year award. You're walking in darkness. You're someone who has never trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And you somehow imagine that you can stand before a holy righteous, holy and righteous God with your own filthy rags of righteousness. The pathetic things that you do. The things that you do that are all stained with sin. That is an affront to God. When God so loved his son that he, so loved the world rather, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But you say, well, never mind that. I don't really need all that stuff. I'm going to stand before God and commend myself, reminding God of the great things I've done. doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way at all. It's so important for all of you to recognise the evil and the spiritual darkness that abounds not just in this world, but in each one of us. And that is because we're all born into this world with sin-darkened hearts. However, thank God that he has sent his only begotten son into this dark world of sin. Jesus is the light of the world who came in fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies. 
God didn't just suddenly think uh, about 2,000 years ago, things are getting pretty bad in the world. I, I need to come up with a plan here. I know what I'll do. I'll send my son into the world. It didn't work that way. In fact, we read that uh, Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And we see God's eternal decree enshrined in Old Testament prophecy, such as Isaiah chapter 42, verses 6 and 7, where it is written, I, the Lord, have called thee, thee being Jesus, I have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. And another prophecy, Isaiah 49 verse 6. And he said, it is a light thing that you, Jesus again, should this be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel? I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. And in the New Testament, the, the Apostle Paul explained that Jesus sent him to the Gentiles to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. To the Christians in Ephesus, Paul said, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light. Children of light, why? Because they were trusting in the one who is the light of the world, following him. You can only ever walk as a child of light if your heart has been illuminated by the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the hymn writers testified to having his own heart illuminated by Jesus and then following him. We sung it earlier. And can it be that hymn by Charles Charles Wesley, he said, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. In darkness, thine eye diffused a quickening ray. Speaking of the light shining now. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. That was a man who saw the light. And a Christian is someone who has seen the light. We hear about people seeing the light They talk rubbish. Most of them are talking nonsense because they're still in darkness. The man or woman, boy or girl, who really has seen the light is the one who has seen the Lord Jesus Christ through the eye of faith. None of us is able to produce, to radiate, to emit even one tiny ray of light to light up the whole body. But the good news is that God, who on the first day of creation commanded the light to shine out of darkness when God said, let there be light. He is a, he, he who day by, he is, sorry, he is the one who day by day is still shining 
in men's sin-darkened hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the beautiful face of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've seen an example of darkness and spiritual blindness with the scribes and the Pharisees who had Jesus in the midst and still they rejected him. The thing is that you have not yet, if you have not yet trusted in Jesus as your saviour from sin, someone in here, you have not trusted in Jesus yet, you are no different to those scribes and those Pharisees. And that is because you have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, clearly presented to you in the Bible and in the preached word. The gospel tells us that on a day about 2,000 years ago, darkness descended upon the land from midday until the time, three hours later, that Jesus yielded up the ghost at which time he paid the debt of sin in full and reconciled to God by his shed blood all who would ever trust in him as repentant sinners. For those who trust in him, Jesus is their light. The, The church is spoken of in the Bible as the body of Christ. And uh, with members of the body of that church, the body of the church of Christ having members and Jesus himself being the head of that body. Without the head, the body can do nothing, obviously. But with Jesus as your head, the light of the world, he is your light and it is him who radiates in your heart and and and. is emitted throughout your body. So, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, trust in him, the light of the world, as a repentant sinner, and you will be saved. Amen. The Lord bless thee, and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee, And give thee peace. Amen.